0: It is November 30th. It's Tuesday, and you're dialed into Real Talk. Thanks for making time for us. Love this shout out from Lawrence, who just sent us an email this morning. Lawrence sent this email to us about an hour ago, an early riser. Attaboy. Well done. Says, well, you know, somehow, he says, it came across my channels, whether he was tuned into Real Talk or whether, whether he was paying attention to social media. He says, I saw that Bitcoin Well had a bonus offer. When you're establishing a new account and and purchasing bitcoin through this black friday cyber monday period he says and and i've certainly heard the ad reads here on real talk enough that it's a familiar name so i went through it lawrence says quick verification an even quicker transaction now i know where i'll go to quickly increase my holdings Shout out to them. Lawrence, shout out right back to you. Thanks, pal. Of course, you can find Bitcoin well under the Sponsors tab on our website, ryanjesperson.com.
1: Real talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
0: Big show in store today. Looking forward to Brittle Star, who's going to join us in about 40 minutes from now. Absolutely hilarious, a.k.a. Stuart Reynolds. Uh, the Internet's self-appointed favorite dad. You've probably seen his videos before. If if you're going, I know the name is familiar, but I'm not quite sure I remember Brittle Star. Don't worry, we've got you covered. We're going to play a couple of his, uh, well, a couple of our favorites of his work. Maybe I'll ask him what his favorite video is that he's ever done. Might be like asking a parent to choose their favorite child. I don't know if he'll be able to do it, but he's going to join us in just over a half hour's time. We've got updates coming up. Uh, Sarah Hoyle's keeping an eye on developing news around the world. Some interesting stories uh, developing this morning And we'll get to those when we find a minute, including Jack Dorsey stepping down as the CEO of Twitter and Barbados officially removing the queen. Queen Elizabeth II is its head of state. What does that mean for Barbados? Uh, Prince Charles had something to say about it this morning, and we'll bring you that video. But first, we turn our attention to the province of british columbia we've been covering the construction of the coastal gasoline pipeline or rather interruptions around it including the occupation of that pipeline and subsequent rcmp action from a number of different angles in about 10 minutes we're going to have a chance to talk to photojournalist amber bracken who was just recently released from police custody she was arrested there uh, while working as a journalist but first we want to get an angle on this from an elected BC representative, from a politician. Did you see what movie star Leonardo DiCaprio tweeted the other day? Leo, to his 20 million Twitter followers uh, supporting uh, those at the Gidamton checkpoint, says after setting up a blockade to protect their land, their community, and sacred headwaters from Coastal GasLink's planned fracked gas pipeline, The Wet'suwet'en Nation has faced militarized raids from the RCMP. We must protect the rights of land defenders. That from Leo. Well, it prompted a response by by way of an open letter from our next guest, MLA Ellis Ross. You can read it in the National Post. Leonardo DiCaprio is wrong. The coastal gasoline pipeline is good for indigenous people. Ellis Ross is the MLA for Skeena, uh, first elected in 2017, reelected in 2020. Uh, he's a liberal MLA. He served as the official opposition critic for environment and climate change strategy, as well as the opposition critic for LNG and resource opportunities. This is in his wheelhouse in more ways than one. Ellis, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks a lot, Ryan. What prompted you to reach out to Leonardo DiCaprio with that open letter? You know, you're going to have a lot of eyes on it across the country.
2: Well it's it's basically what I've been doing for the last 17 years and trying to defend what was happening here in BC and more importantly trying to correct the record of what happened here starting in 2004. It's it's nobody really understands around the world much less Canada that uh, really elected leaders 20 of them in fact from Prince George the Kitimat were actually doing that. They were defending their rights as per section 35 of the constitution. And so we, we actually consulted and accommodated not only with the company, but with the, the government of Canada, with the government of B.C. It's well documented. It cost us a lot of money, took us a lot of time, but we did it for the, the benefit of uh, Aboriginal people that were living in our communities and living outside of our communities, by the way. At so R- that's, that's trying to set the record for.
0: Ellis, at risk of oversimplifying this, I, I want to just essentially ask a quick question and then get out of your way. Is, is, is this reiterating the chasm that can exist between elected and hereditary First Nations leadership? Is that essentially
2: what this boils down to? Uh, definitely. And you know what? That's what these people don't care about. Well, what you're actually doing is tearing a community apart. And why I know this is because it happened in my own community in similar circumstances. And when you think about a small, close-knit community of, say, 800,000 people, we all know each other, we're all related, we're all married to each other, and then something happens like this. Well, the family structures break apart. Brothers don't talk to brothers at the dinner table. Friends don't talk to friends. In terms of what happened to my community, we're still mending. And all those people that came in to actually inflame the issue, all those outsiders and all those politicians, they left us. After they came in and actually got us to a point where we are actually fighting internally, they left. They have no interest and no care about what they do to Aboriginals. They have no interest in the real record of what happened in terms of our our legal engagement with the company and the government. They have no interest. All they have is their own personal agendas, their own political agendas. As long as they achieve that, once they've done it, they pack up, they leave, they move on to the next community. So what what I was trying to... uh, say to Mr. DiCaprio is come on up and I'll show you the history that started in 2004 and on the other side of that, I'll show you the benefit. An entire generation of Aboriginals in my community are no longer dealing with social issues that I had to deal with, or my parents had to deal with, or my grandparents had to deal with. It's actually quite amazing. It's quite inspiring. Canadians got to understand this. There was an answer here for Aboriginal social issues, but you've got to keep an open mind and you can't believe everything that comes down the pike in terms of this bad narrative that that these people are trying to spin out there
0: ellis if there's such a strong support for this coastal gas link project you describe it in your national post piece as a transformative environmentally sustainable project then And this and perhaps this is an indictment uh, on the national media and take it there if you like. I mean, I'm asking the question sincerely. Why do you think that people aren't hearing those voices en masse? I mean, the headlines here are the occupation, people being dragged away by RCMP, journalists being arrested. Where's this groundswell of support for the project?
2: Well, there's two reasons for this, Uh, maybe even three. Uh, Number one, Canadians are terribly polite. They don't like to speak up especially the silent majority. We all know what a good economy means to a family, what it means to a person in terms of getting a job. We all know that, but the silent majority stays silent. And the other side of this, I, I really don't fault the media for actually not coming to the community and talking to, say, a single mom for the first time in her life, you know, got the ability to, to buy a van or buy an iPad for her children because it's just not, it doesn't sell papers. That's, that, that's the bottom line. I mean, you come to every one of our communities and you'll, you'll talk to people, you know, who, who actually turned their lives around. I have a, one of my friends uh, that, that actually turned his life around from substance abuse, lost everything, lost the family, lost everything, turned around, became one of the top drivers in a cement truck driving company. Now is one of the most proudest people I can, can meet in the streets. And not only that, you come to a region that was depressed in terms of economics uh, we had a pulp mill shut down, we had a methanol plant shut down, forestry wasn't doing too great. So everybody in the region, from Prince George to Kitimat, were thinking, you know, where is our future going to be? So once we got this project approved years ago, when we started building it, people from all walks of life came to Kitimat, came to Terrace, came to work in the pipeline. Uh, not just indigenous, and everybody was happy, they're making really good money. And Ellis, this, and, and I don't doubt, and listen, I,
0: I'm, yeah. I I mean, I 100% agree with you. Obviously, employment's enormous when, when it comes to empowering people, when it comes to the health of the communities. So, I mean, it, you and I are going to agree 100% on that. But a lot of the people that we talk to and a lot of the people that y- you hear uh, commenting this are saying it can't be economy over everything else. This is this is unseated, sensitive territory. These are sacred headwaters. The, the environmental risk here is is simply not worth it. It's like the the message, and I'm not downgrading the significance of what you're saying. And I, I hope I make that clear. But they're saying it's not worth it. That That's not, the job angle is not resonating with them over their environmental concerns. So what would you say to alleviate their concerns?
2: Well, the First Nations involved, the representatives of certain people included, participated in what we call an environmental assessment, where you actually address every single environmental issue you think of that will be affected by a pipeline. And in this case, it was the BC Environmental Assessment, one of the most exhaustive processes I've ever been a part of. Not only that, us as First Nation leaders, we looked at those standards for BC in terms of the environmental conditions, and we said that's not good enough. We got to make those standards higher. And you got to incorporate our Aboriginal rights and title. You got to protect some of our cultural sites. We got to actually protect some of the uh, sites that are actually important, not only to us, but to animals. That is part of the record. That is what we did. That's what actually standing up for Aboriginal rights in a legal context means. And so when you sign off on this, you're not actually signing away your Aboriginal rights and title. That's not what you're doing. You're saying, okay, government, I'm allowing you to infringe my rights and title, but in exchange, this is what you got to do. That's what we did. It's, it's all in the official record. So the, the idea that it's unseed and everything like that, go back to the record, see what their democratically elected leaders did for years before they signed on to it on behalf of their people. But, you know, people keep losing sight of what, what, why elected leaders were doing this in the first place. And, and it's quite tragic. I mean, what happened to Aboriginals and what's currently happening has been described as canvas shame. Aboriginals committing suicide. Aboriginals going to prison. Uh, our children going into government care. This is what elected leaders were trying to resolve. And when you're saying, you know, oh, it's not worth it. I went to 14 suicide funerals in my lifetime. And this is not counting the people that attempted it but failed to commit suicide. I took three people out of prison, kept them out of prison. When you're saying not worth it, one person, one person, one Aboriginal is worth it if we can take them away from a life that they're currently living. And we're doing it. We're solving it. We're solving Canada's problem for you. And it didn't cost you anything. All it meant was getting an Aboriginal into a life that other Canadians take for granted. Mr. Ross, I
0: want to ask you about, uh, for your assessment on the RCMP's handling of this, in particular the occupation. First, I want to uh, tee it up for you with some context here. And as mentioned, I'll talk to a photojournalist Amber Bracken right after we talked to you. She was just released from police custody, but this is a uh, Wet'suwet'en member and organizer by the name of Slado. We talked to her on November 10th, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, coming up on three weeks ago, and, and here's what she had to say about what she's witnessed firsthand.
3: We've seen militarized raids in 2019 and 20. 2020 on Gittemden territory, um, and we know that they're going to prepare to do the same. You know, we saw sniper rifles, uh, canine units, helicopters, um, ERT. Uh, We've seen it all, and we know that that is likely what we're going to experience again here.
0: What's your assessment of how the National Police Force RCMP has handled this?
2: Well, I've asked to look at the official record. I've asked to look at it in terms of what they're doing with out there. I can't get to it. I'm not allowed to look at it. But in terms of what's happening with certain people, that's my point. There's a video circulating right now where an aunt of that woman that you just posted was talking to her on a phone and trying to tell her what you're doing is wrong. There's a lot of confusion about the authorities within the with communities. It's not community. It's communities. And a lot of people are starting to twist around the cultural aspect of what they're really talking about. Nobody, including myself, and I'm an, I'm an Aboriginal from Kilimanjaro village, I don't understand the cultural structure of the Wet'suwet'en people. I don't understand the houses. I don't understand the clans. I don't understand how they actually relate to their elected leadership. And that's why it's so easy for outsiders to come in and actually manipulate them for their own purposes. You'll notice one thing. Nobody has asked, the democratically legally elected people of the Watsuitian people of their opinion. And by the way, there's been many, many attempts by Watsuitian people to resolve this and take these blockades down. There's been many attempts by government, by the company to do what they can to address some of the concerns that were already addressed, by the way, that there's no, there's no way out of this. So where, where does this go from here,
0: Ellis? I mean, you know, what unfolds from here, do you think?
2: Well, I I think and I've said before, uh the only people that can solve this now are the wetsuiting people themselves. The only people. And number one, they've got to they've gotta decide once and for all for the for the betterment of those people, but also for the safety of those protesters, safety of the media, safety of the RCMP people. Who leads us? They've got to answer that question. It's gotten to the point now where Nobody's asking that real question. But what if? Term. But
0: what if their answer to the question is our hereditary chief or our hereditary council is leading us, and we're saying no to the pipeline? Uh, you know, I, I don't expect that you're going to say that a six and a half billion dollar project
2: just hits a wall and stops. No, because it's already half built. I mean, ultimately, it's, you're going to have to go to court, and maybe that's where they have. they have certain people are going to have to go to decide their leadership. They're going to have to go to court if they don't have a referendum on who their leadership is. And this garbage about talking about how elected leaders only run uh, things on reserve, that's nonsense. I can't believe people actually believe that. It was never the issue for the last 40 years. The real issue of leadership and representation only came about when there was actually economic development put on the table. Now, you come to my community, we don't have this problem. You come to many other communities from Prince George and Kinemat, they don't have this leadership problem. Because the benefits are actually getting spread to the people. But ultimately, you know, first of all, answer the leadership question from the people themselves. They're the only ones that get getting totally ignored in this equation.
0: Before I thank you for your time, and I know you've got a busy morning. So do we. I, I, I have to ask you about this. I mean, you know, your province is, is bracing for another atmospheric river. They're calling it obviously the lower mainland, half of it seemingly remaining underwater right now uh from a government standpoint or an opposition standpoint i should say anyway at the legislature can, can you describe for us uh, the state of affairs how everything's being managed and, and generally what you're observing in, in the province i know you're proud to call home
2: well in terms of management it's not it's not there there's many complaints about not only in terms of the flooding that we're currently seeing but the forest fires uh a lot of, a lot of misinformation in terms of or what government did or what they said. Uh, there was we've actually tested for the last couple of years the emergency alert system. They tested it. but in every occasion where we had an emergency, they didn't use it. They didn't warn people. and so we, we had a few deaths on a hybrid, for example, and now there's calls uh, to actually relook at the whole emergency program overall, including the emergency alert system. So a lot of people are suffering, the supply chains are actually broken up. And here's something for you. BC is well known for uh, anti-fossil fuels. That's what we're known for, shipping, using it. Uh, but right now, we're under a, a limit of 30 limit, uh, 30 liters per person down the lower mainland to, to curb the use of uh, gasoline, for, or diesel for that matter. We're actually piping it in uh, in emergency pur- for emergency purposes from Alberta, and they're actually barging gasoline in from Washington State to Vancouver to cover off this fuel crisis and this fuel shortage. So it's, it's quite remarkable what's happening here in BC. And now we're starting to understand uh, how fragile our supply chains in in and how dependent we are on gasoline and diesel to get to doctors' appointments, schools, grocery shopping. Uh, I think British Columbia is getting a wake-up call here to say that it's got to be a transition. And we got to get away from the political narratives that actually you know, told us the opposite for so many years.
0: Ellis Ross is the MLA for Skeena. Uh, he served as chief counselor of the Heisland Nation, uh, he's been recognized as a business leader by Canadian Business Magazine, appointed the inaugural chair of the Aboriginal Business and Investment Council uh, and was awarded the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal and the Order of British Columbia in 2013 and 2014. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Have a good morning, Ryan. You as well. You can let us know what you think about what you just heard. Talk at RyanJesperson.com dot com is our email address. And of course, you know that you can hit us up in the live chat Our Hashtag Real Talk RJ Is powered by the team at Park Power That's what we're keeping an eye on If you want to tweet along with us Live tweet what you're hearing on the show Park Power is your friendly local utilities provider And today's a great day to check them out online At parkpower.ca Where you can compare your rates For electricity, natural gas, and internet Uh, At parkpower.ca You can also, of course, make it nice and easy To switch over to a new utilities provider They make it easy for you They do the work for you And the promo code 20 2021 Real Talk gets you $70 off your first bill at parkpower.ca. At granddog.ca, you're going to find, of course, our friends at Grand Dog Essentials doing an awesome job with their quality raw dog food. They wanted me to let you know that all of their Four Leaf Rover supplements, I love that, Four Leaf Rover, all of those supplements are now available for shipping Canada wide. So no matter where you are hearing this from, uh, you can get them shipped with a minimum $50 order. There's a $5 fee applying to supplement orders up to $450, which gives you a lot of wiggle room there. The Real Talk discount, that's Real Talk. The promo code can be used for all supplement orders. I'm proud to feed our dogs, Grand Dog, and so can you. Our friends at Friesen Brothers want to remind you, of course, that they've got a team of Red Seal chefs ready to take all the work off your plate this holiday season. They've got gift boxes that can be customized for any occasion, and of course the Friesen Brothers Fresh Market stores will be hosting a Christmas feast every Saturday from 4 to 8 p.m. It's all you can eat turkey and ham, a dinner buffet for just $25 per person. And don't forget the first of the month, it's Coming right up, 15% off at all Friesen Brothers purchases over $75 from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Our friends at McBain Camera, always available online at McBainCamera.com, and their Black Friday sales are continuing this week where that brand-new GR3X is in stock and available for just $1249.99. This is is that Ricoh compact camera that everybody's buzzing about. It features that new 26-millimeter GR lens, sharp imaging, high-resolution, high-contrast, and it's the type of camera you can put in your jacket pocket and not worry about it as you and your family make your way around wherever it is you're celebrating the holidays. You can shop at McBain with confidence this holiday season, knowing purchase carries a 30-day price protection guarantee also great unique photo gifts for the holidays at mcbanecamera.com or you can visit them at their stores across the province of alberta all the details online McBain, create to inspire well here's another angle on that wetsuit and blockade on the coastal gas link pipeline amber bracken an award-winning photojournalist uh, after getting her start as a staffer at the Edmonton Sun, she's moved on to a storied and remarkable freelance career. Her clients have included National Geographic, The New York Times, The Globe and Mail, BuzzFeed, The Wall Street Journal, McLean's, and Canadian Geographic. Amber was arrested back on November 19th while observing and documenting the events that were unfolding in Wet'suwet'en territory. Kind enough to join us this morning. Welcome to Real Talk, Amber. It's, it's nice to see you out of police custody. How are you feeling?
3: Uh, much better now. Yeah, it's good to be it's good to be free. You definitely uh appreciate not being locked up after several days of it. So, thanks this, for having me.
0: This was uh a first for you in your career?
3: In my career, in my life, I've never been arrested. I've never worn uh handcuffs and I've certainly never been detained for several days in cells. So, yeah, absolutely the first. Um, but not the first time that I've faced police, uh, interference with my work covering with Sudan uh, resistance on the territory. Um, for years they've used exclusion zones and intimidation tactics, um, to, to control access in my mind to the territories.
0: Can you tell us, uh, what you witnessed in, in, in the days or weeks leading up to your arrest and, and then that day itself? I mean, can you give us some insight for people that, that haven't been there boots on the ground, so to speak?
3: Uh, well, for context, it's a huge territory. I mean, they've got sixty-six thousand square kilometers, um, approximately the size of, of New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, um, and the area that they are, have resistance is spread out quite a long distance. So there's a very long uh, Forestry Service road, um, and there's there's camps, various camps along about sixty kilometers of it. So the the different places where that they might interact with police are are quite spread out. Which makes it fairly challenging to cover um but they've been holding that site since uh September 25th so it was like over 50 days by the time police actually arrived they've been holding a drill site um but a lot of what you see is pretty typical uh just camping type of situation there's there's you know people need to feed themselves they need to care for themselves while they're while they're holding that space and it's a very remote off-grid type of situation Um, And then as police started to arrive, of course, it feels something like having uh, a military force encroach on you. They start coming in with helicopters and uh, dropping militarized police officers, you know, um, witnessed a sniper uh, like creeping into the woods. um, And, you know, you're seeing gradually officers starting to surround you that are carrying like semi-automatic weapons and all kinds of tactical things. Uh, So there's a a mix of these, what I call the green guys and the blue guys. Uh, So, you know, blue being the the more typical regular uh, uniforms and the green being this militarized response. Um, And I personally saw at least 50 different officers there uh, that day. And it's my experience that they typically have a reserve force as well. So there's 50 people for, um, you know, five People inside of a tiny house plus two journalists. So that's uh that's the reality and it it's it can be quite intimidating.
0: With regards to the the the, uh I don't know what you would call them, the demonstrators, the 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 people who who you are documenting, the people that are there, either either from that Watsutin clan or from outside that clan, did you witness any firearms there in their possession? Are they armed at all? Is there anything to indicate that the the RCMP response may have been justified?
3: no absolutely not um the this is not the first time around that we've had this kind of uh interaction with police out on that territory this is the third year in a row of these kinds of injunction enforcements on behalf of coastal GasLink. this entire movement is well documented to be nonviolent, um and on top of that we know that the rcmp keeps surveillance and and records on the the leaders in this movement i've never seen a gun i saw um Sometimes they have like, a, there's like a hunt, hunting rifles would be the only thing, but those are never kept in camp. Those are elsewhere. They're, they're not it's
0: on and off for a number of years. Is that right?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the first time that I covered um, an injunction enforcement was in 2018. Uh, sorry, 2019. And then again in 2020 and again this year. So, so how, how have uh, you
0: seen it? How have you seen it evolve or what have you what are, what are some of the things that you've noticed that the average Canadian that's keeping an eye on this story based on journalism like yours or photos that leak on social media or videos that they might not be able to determine? What have you noticed with regards to the motivation or the resolve of the people behind this occupation, behind the police, behind community members?
3: Um, well, in terms of the response, it's absolutely a militarized colonial response. You have a paramilitary force coming in to remove Indigenous people from their territory, um, and it's it's truly shocking. Like for com- for comparison, just a few days after I was let out of cells, there was an active shooter in Vanderhoop, which is just a couple hours away from where all of these arrests took place. Now this. Live shooter uh, with a with an active gun was taking pot shots at the RCMP, and this person was peacefully arrested with five regular uniformed officers. Now you tell me that we need fifty people dropping out of helicopters with tactical weapons. Um, where from where I stood inside of the tiny house, they were pointing weapons inside at unarmed people who all had their hands in the air. Um, and this is this is habit for them now at this point. Um, so. I can't really see it any other way than than a colonial force invading an indigenous territory.
0: Um, what changed on I, November 19th? You know, what, what, what led to your arrest, as far as you can tell?
3: Um, I think it was honestly just situational. So, as I said before, the the uh, the territory is very spread out. So typically there's been somewhere for me to go. In, in other words. So if there's an enforcement at one camp, there's somewhere else to go that I'm not like basically cornered by RCMP. And in this case, because of the situation being inside the tiny house where they were um, locked inside and there was nowhere for me to go. So they, they arrested me that time and they have detained people before they detained Jesse winter uh, and took him off of the territory. Um, they've detained Jerome Turner. They've detained and removed, um, multiple other filmmakers uh melissa cox and another filmmaker so it's is not new what i think is new this time is that they decided to detain me despite knowing explicitly that i was a journalist um from multiple multiple different ways i mean they've been following my work for years they have a file on me as came out in uh, narwhal reporting my my desk reached out to them before that any of this occurred and made sure that they were aware. The CAJ, the Canadian Association of Journalists, reached out to them and let them know that I was there. I identified myself. I had a letter of assignment in my pocket nobody wanted to look at. Um, so like verbally and visually, they were they were notified many, many different ways, not to mention their their surveillance and their record keeping on on me to begin with.
0: You were clear to me off uh, the the air, and I want to make this clear to our audience. You said, I don't want this to become too much about me, uh, and I do want to divert the focus away from you in a moment. But, of course, y- your detainment is relevant. Can you tell us about your time in police custody? It was several days. W- were there interviews? What were you told? What happened to your gear and what ultimately led to your release? Who advocated for you? Did you pony up? Did, a, did, a, did an outlet, a media outlet cover it? Did the C.A.J.? the Associated Journalists get involved? What happened? Uh,
3: Well, listen, the Narwhal and the CAJ and honestly, the whole media community in in Canada has rallied behind me. So I've been very well supported and very well taken care of. The short answer is jail sucks. We know jail sucks. It's not comfortable. It's not nice. They weren't nice to me, but I don't think that they treated me any differently than any other um, so-called prisoner. Um, so yeah, jail sucks, but my advocacy team and my lawyers helped get me out. Um, and the thing to, the thing that is super relevant to me about my arrest in this particular context is that it's not the first time that reporters have been detained or arrested or harassed covering indigenous resistance, uh, to development or government or whatever the case may be going all the way back to Oka. So we have, uh, you know, government arrests of Shani Kamim I'm sorry if I mispronounce her name, but uh, back in 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 the Oka crisis in the 1990s. We've seen it at uh, Muskrat Falls with Justin Brake. We've seen it at Lineback Lane with Carl Dockstatter and we've seen it at the Ferry Creek blockades um, with uh, Colin Smith and and other other kind of media that are present there. So this is not new, and I, I don't think that it's an accident that this keeps coming up when it's in relation to Indigenous resistance. I think this is inconvenient facts um, for a government that wants to talk about reconciliation uh, without seriously addressing the land claims of people that have um, a historical right to, to, to have that conversation. Um, so I, I overheard a little bit of what you were saying to Ellis Ross or what Ellis Ross was saying, the MLA there. So uh, there was a couple of things I wanted to address on that, was yeah. that, uh, so on, on the note of democratic representation, I think people like to think of democracy as as a really great thing and often it is, but we need to address the fact that democracy is, is uh, imposed on indigenous communities. It's imposed through the colonial system, it's imposed through the Indian Act. And the Wet'suwet'en people have a, a pre-existing and intact system that is not the same as democracy, but is also not, uh, you know, is not fascism. Um, and this idea of democracy, when it comes to the elected band councils, is is blown out of proportion. So, for example, uh, Witset, which is the largest Wet'suwet'en reservation, they have um, over 2,500 members, and their uh, elected chief was was voted in with 92 votes. So, I mean, that tells you something about the level of participation and the level of representation that actually occurs within that democratic system. Uh, and, the talk, that, was, uh, and the second point is that... Go ahead. And the second point and related to the democratic representation is that when people are talking about the 20 elected band councils along the route, that's not 20 elected councils that are um, all with So only four of those are actually with uh nations. And I think that that's like a, a false it's like a false proportion. Um, And without even getting into the governance things, which I will agree with, uh, you know, Mr. Ross, that it's up to the Wet'suwet'en people to figure out the leadership. Um, The reality is, is that the hereditary chiefs have a valid claim and a valid, uh, that deserves to be uh, engaged with in a a serious way with the government. The government is well aware of it. There's court cases going back to the 1970s. that that uh, back up their Aboriginal rights and title conversation, uh, and instead of uh, a sincere conversation, they're being met with, you know, militarized police and being dragged from the territory. Uh,
0: Mr. Ross, uh, when I talked to Ellis uh, just before you, he also, um, in describing the dynamic of the community, um, he acknowledged that he doesn't completely understand. The dynamic, and he suggested that it makes it easy for outsiders to manipulate the certain people. Do you see that? I mean, how 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 much of this do you believe is so-called grassroots, homegrown uh, resistance, and and how much of it is "quote unquote" outsiders? Uh,
3: the leadership is 100% grassroots and homegrown. Um, it is. I, I would absolutely disagree that Witsudan people are being manipulated by anybody. Every Witsudan person I've ever met is very strong in their resolve one way or the other. I think what's difficult to understand from the outside is the difficult community dynamics of people who, um, like this, is a very divisive issue. And you have to remember these are small communities, and th- these are family members on opposite sides of this conversation. So it's difficult for people to speak publicly. I have spoken to locals about this, um, and the, the, the reality is, is most people don't want to go on the record. They don't want to speak over. Um, people that they respect or or people that they love for many reasons but disagree with on this one political issue. and And so it makes it very difficult to get a sense of what people broadly believe um, inside the community.
0: Has this been for you an uncomfortable position to be in? I mean, your name splashed all across headlines and a lot of people focusing on your arrest. I mean, has, has, this is obviously you know you know journalists. Um, and and perhaps even more so, photojournalists rarely desire to become the story. Uh, so, ha- how have you wrapped your mind around what's what's happened over the past couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, listen, I wouldn't have chosen this. It's not something I would have gone out of my way for. Um, as you, as you say, it's certainly not something that I ever set out to do is to become the story. Um, but I do think there's a valid, a larger conversation to be had around what's happened here. Um, So no, I didn't seek this, but I hope that we can have serious conversations about uh, both press freedoms and and why press freedoms seem to be particularly constrained around covering indigenous resistance. I I really don't believe that's an accident that this is where we're seeing the most over-policing, the most likely for people to be detained, charged, Arrested, interfered with. Um, This is all happening around indigenous resistance at a time when, you know, the government would prefer to talk about reconciliation and, and, uh, you know, have photographs and imagery from press conferences, conferences, not, you know, police enforcement against indigenous people.
0: Will you head back out there?
3: Um, I won't stop following this story. This is not uh, this is not over. Um, There's still. Lots to talk about. Um, So I'm back home for the moment. But, yes, I will absolutely continue to cover this story.
0: Amber Bracken, an award-winning photojournalist, uh, arrested uh, while covering the Wet'suwet'en occupation. The blockades uh, back on November 19th released uh, from police custody several days thereafter. You can check out her amazing work at amberbracken.com. A long history of covering stories that matter with absolutely remarkable images. Amber, thanks so much for making time for us here on real talk. We appreciate your perspective. Thanks. Always curious for your take on this one. Real talkers, let me know what you think. I can see that not, not everybody agrees in the live chat, which to me is a sign of a a very healthy audience, which is good. Keith wonders, do we not need to know the broad view of the community to report on something as a journalist? Mark uh, says we can produce oil and gas and transport substances safely and legally. It's time we started to do so. It's the 21st century. Fatima says I would absolutely characterize the RCMP as a colonial force Erica says really a colonial force invading she says I think I sprained my eyeballs from rolling them so hard A lot of you were talking about accountability for the RCMP to beaver says this is all about land and resources Carlson says arbitration most likely the solution here internally uh, this may never have become a thing right It's how we can you know create this issue. Uh, I mean, the process now is much harder. That's what we're doing here. Alyssa says, remember, everybody, we're paying for this. The RCMP is working on our behalf, says, if that bothers you, I'd suggest doing some legwork and getting involved. There's been an interesting plot line. I'm not sure if you've been following this. The fact that the RCMP's pension is invested heavily in the parent company of the Coastal GasLink pipeline. Which some of you may go, really, you're going to try to draw a line from the RCMP pension, the investment to the pipeline construct. I don't know. What we want to do is put information in front of you and have you make your own decisions on what you think might be relevant or not. And we'll continue to cover this story from as many angles as we can dream up. And oftentimes that's based on what you're putting on our radar. We appreciate every bit of feedback that you provide most sincerely. Our friends at Breathe Outdoors uh, want to invite you, of course, to visit them online at breatheoutdoors.ca. They've rebranded. You've known them since the 1960s as Campers Village, but they know that not everybody goes camping, per se. Maybe you're a hiker. Maybe you love paddling, maybe ice climbing or getting out in the snow. Maybe winter camping is your thing. Maybe you're a climber or... Perhaps an adventure traveler, maybe you're getting outdoors every day as walking the dogs. No matter the context, you want the gear that you can trust at a price that makes sense to you. They've been carrying big brands like Osprey and Patagonia, the North Face and Yeti and Mountain Hardware for years. And of course, you can find them right now at breatheoutdoors.ca. If you visit them in person, one of their stores across the province, just redesigned, by the way, they look absolutely beautiful. Spend a minimum of $30, mention my name or the show, Real Talk, and they're going to hook you up with one of these beauty Breathe Outdoors ceramic mugs. The second nicest mugs I've ever held. You can go to our merch page if you want to solve the mystery of what's number one. Our wine of the month. For one more day is Brewer-Clifton. And of course, we've been uh, celebrating their amazing Santa Rita Hills lineup, including that Pinot Noir that I've been telling you about, the Brewer-Clifton-Santa Rita Hills Pinot Noir. This is one of the pride and joys of their entire team, led by the 2020 Winemaker of the Year. That's Greg Brewer, who has handed that amazing distinction from the team at Wine Enthusiast. If you're picking up your fine wines at Wine and Beyond, keep an eye out for their exclusive offering, the ex post facto Syrah. If you're a Syrah fan, in my mind, one of the more underrated uh, vintages, hey, wouldn't you say the Syrah, a nice Syrah? to me is like a game Which sounds changer. good too yeah, Syrah it's so That's nice thing, to yeah. say Sounds very elegant when you show up with a Syrah, with, with, with a Syrah. especially when it's a Brewer Clifton yeah. Syrah that you heard about on Real Talk Brewer Clifton is our wine sponsor of the month for the month of November our friends at Local Waste are already set for another lively edition of Trash Talk coming up this Friday we've got some great Submissions already from you As emailed into the show Local Waste has been keeping it local For a quarter century Providing construction, commercial And residential waste and recycling collection You may own a restaurant Perhaps you're the general manager of a retail outlet And you're taking a look at what you're paying every month for your garbage and recycling management, you're going, This is way too much. It doesn't make sense. I don't need this big, massive bin out back. I need something smaller that's a better fit for our business. That's Local Waste Wheelhouse. You can find him online. Get a free quote today at localwaste.ca. Our next guest is kind of a big deal. As a matter of fact, he's the internet's self appointed favorite dad. He's better known by his online handle, Brittle Star. His his real name's Stuart Reynolds. Uh, Now you'll be going, I know the name I know some of you are going to go, oh my gosh, he's on Real Talk. But to bring you up to speed, if you're unfamiliar with his amazing work, here's an example. All right. As a matter of fact.
2: Just kidding. Just
0: kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Brittle stars, like for real. Uh, Okay, Sam, we good to go or no? We're uh, we're no. Okay, we're not. We're not good to go. We are good to go. We're not or we are. No, no, yes. Okay. We're not. Okay, we're not. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. (laughs) Stuart Reynolds, fucking perfect, has been creating social media content as a full time job for the last eight years. It started with him doing Vine videos, and he's built a following of literally hundreds of thousands of people. Hey, Stuart,
4: sorry for the stumbly, bumbly, fucked up intro, but welcome to Real Talk. Well, thank you for having me. It's nice just to be introduced with, here's an example of his best work, and then just a black screen. Just fade to black. He hasn't reached best yet. He's just done okay.
0: (laughs) This, in my assessment, is what I'd like to see Stuart do more of.
4: Black. (laughs) Nothing.
0: I wish he would just stop doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, our team is going to be working furiously behind the scenes to get a video (laughs) ready because I want to be able to show the audience an example of what you do. But but, how how did this all start for you? Like right now, you're obviously your household name. People are going to be going, oh, my gosh,
4: Stuart Reynolds, Brittle Star. How did this all begin? It was like less than 10 years ago. Yeah, so it was back in 2013, as you said, on the on the app Vine, which is a 6.4 second looping video app. And uh, I just started messing around by myself to sort of make myself happy and smile and laugh and stuff like that. And then we ended up getting approached by Disney after we had this really big, successful video and they were like, we can pay you to do this. And I was like, you can make money doing this. That's crazy. And uh, so we had a family meeting. and We were like, you know what we like? Money and travel, and not really having real jobs. Yeah. So we decided it was a unanimous vote. We'd do it. Okay, but there's a lot of people that are that that have sort of. I don't want to say delusions of
0: grandeur because that's really not a cool thing uh, to say, and it's not a cool way to frame it. <laughs> but there's a lot of people that have a great ambition when it comes to bec- mm. you know becoming a big deal and 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 participating in these new opportunities. But but there's a select few. That get to the level where you've gotten with an an intensely loyal fan base and literally millions of views. So what's that X factor?
4: I think it's obvious you're looking at it i think it's what you're you know (laughs) this is it it's just basically raw sex appeal devastatingly handsome okay devastatingly handsome and uh, i think just appeals across the board no i think you know what it is i think it's uh, i i was asked i did this meeting one time with a couple of agent guys from los angeles and in the middle of the meeting i swear to god in the middle of the meeting uh the guy said to me the thing about you is no one should want what you're offering but for some reason they do And I think that was sort of sums it all up. It's kind of like a bit of an every, I've set the bar so low that there's like an authenticity to it that people are like, you know what? I could probably do that. And that's, they have an affinity to me.
0: So you're i mean a lot of your stuff there's obviously incredible humor to it uh but but you also i mean you're you're taking on stuff for example during the pandemic like messaging around vaccines and masks it's got to mean something to you when i would say almost the majority of people that are sharing your content are doing so because they feel like you're speaking for them
4: yeah i mean i think that like coming into the pandemic was a weird time for us but it was pretty evident pretty quickly Uh, You know, looking at some of the health public health messaging that was going out, it was kind of like, hmm, I think maybe someone could do a little bit better than that. Uh, and that's no disrespect to them, uh, but it was like I think it was a little dry, and it's like, well, I can probably speak a bit more to the everyman a bit more accurately than that. And one of the best parts about social media is that if you do it really well, you know, a good social media video becomes a tool for self-expression. People get to like say, hey, this is what this is how I feel about something. This is how I uh, I want this is what I want you to think. I I think about this issue, and it saves them the hassle of doing it. It provides a little bit of protection for them, and uh, and that's great. If I can you know fulfill that need, that's fantastic.
0: Here's an example uh, of what Brittle Star is all about.
4: By now, many of you will be aware that to do pretty much anything fun, from restaurants to cinemas to gyms and sporting events, you're going to have to be prepared to show your proof of vaccination. If that sounds like an affront to your civil liberties and the beginning of a totalitarian regime, you'll be fascinated to find out there's been a pandemic that's affected the entire world and not everyone has been able to be vaccinated yet, are therefore in potentially grave danger of at the very least clogging up our healthcare system and you're not very smart. If being asked to show your proof of vaccination sounds slightly concerning because you're unsure of how the process will be carried out, don't worry, I've made this guide to help. If you enter a business and you're asked to show your proof of vaccination, just show your proof of vaccination. But what if that requires showing your ID as well? Easy, show your ID. But what if you need to use an app or a QR code? Don't worry, just use the app or QR code. However you're asked to show your proof of vaccination, do it all with a smile because you're not a jerk. You have a firm grip on reality and you did the right thing by getting vaccinated to keep everyone safe and healthy and not dead. Proof of vaccination. Like, holy, it's a pandemic and this isn't a big deal. (laughs) So what prompted that one? Well, I think you know what it is for me. It's like, this was a couple things. One is it's like, this isn't isn't a huge thing. People are like, oh my God, I have to show proof of vaccine I have to show my papers when I go into a restaurant. Give me a break, back up a little bit, dial it down, turn it down from like 11 to like a two. You're fine, it's not a big deal. Just show your proof of vaccination. And I think that was that notion of like, we're being so put out by this. It's like, it's a global pandemic. Millions of people have died. Just do what we have to do so we can all get out of it. And I was actually, I was at a restaurant the other day. It's like started operating in 1871. And I was like, this isn't even the first pandemic this restaurant's been through. Like, it's just a thing. We do what we have to do. We get through it and everyone moves on. It doesn't have to be a big fight all the time.
0: Uh, I've, I've got some questions here from audience members and we want to make sure that they have a chance to put stuff in front of you. Uh, James, for example, says, I'm still trying to figure out if Stuart's background is live or is it the weirdest Apple TV screensaver yet? Uh, <laughs> w- w- what is that behind you that we're seeing for everyone watching that's on YouTube?
4: A, that's a lovely uh, downtown Stratford, Ontario, where I'm located and ah. it's a beautiful day in Stratford, Ontario. You can see the uh, the City Hall and uh, the Rainbow Crosswalk. That's looking down Downey Street where I was uh, raised, not just On the streets I lived in a home And uh, but yeah that's a lovely Downtown Stratford and that's a live shot it, no, at one point it was. At
0: one point it was. It was live, but it was recorded. Yeah, is Stratford. Yeah. Can Can I ask? This is a really dumb question. Sorry. Uh, of course. Anyone that's that, you know, has followed anyone that follows Shakespeare. What is? Do people say that? Is Shakespeare like <laughs> he's on the come up? <laughs> Shakespeare's <laughs> on the come up. Anybody that's keeping a keen eye on this up and comer by the name of yeah. Bill Shakespeare. Um. But the whole Stratford upon Avon Avon thing is is yeah. obviously. I mean, that's like the, uh, an amazing place uh, in England. I've had a chance to be there. As a matter of fact, Stratford Ontario though has a massive festival around that as well. Right, was was the performing arts and theater a big deal for you coming up?
4: Uh, I mean, it was a big part of like growing up in Stratford because Stratford's only thirty six thousand people now. When Mm -hmm. I was growing up, it was like at the high twenties thousands, and uh, but it would still had like a bunch of really cool people and a lot of cool cultural things happening. I mean, when I was fourteen we would take over the art gallery and play like these shows with our bands and stuff like that. And like, it was just really sort of, whatever was cool was accepted here, which was awesome. So I feel pretty fortunate to be from here. Um, You know, I've moved away and came back and it's been like, yeah, it's a pretty good place. But I mean, you're right, the theater's massive. It's a huge machine, but that there's more than just the theater obviously as well. There's, you know, Lloyd Robertson, Justin Bieber, me, Peter Mansbridge now, if you count a a guy who moved here.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean sort of came in tried to hitch his wagon to that horse I know, if you ask me. I know. I you know. Yeah. So this uh so this pandemic, Stuart, Ah. Uh, <laughs> how is it? I mean <laughs> certainly a lot of your content has has, mm-hmm. I, I think, obviously tapped into how a lot of people are feeling like there's a comment here online. I, I, I forget who said it because our live chat's churning like crazy right now. But but somebody said um, Brittle Star is how I explain Canada to my international friends. <laughs> how much has the pandemic changed your M.O. or changed how you do what you do or, or maybe even moving forward, how it might alter it for good?
4: I mean, I think one of the, gr- the good things to come out of it is I realize I have a bit of a platform, so if I can help, uh, you know, push some good messaging, then that's a good thing. If I can model good behavior, I'll do that as well. And at the same time, also, uh, you know, tell people to relax a little bit and don't be, not everyone's perfect. Not everyone's like everyone's, you know, flawed. Everyone's just human. Um, And again, like it goes back to me setting the bar low enough that people could look at it. I say that as a joke, but at the same time, it's accurate. Uh, You know, I think there's this weird, I have this weird demographic of people that follow me. I have like 18 to 24 year olds who, are, who will recognize me and, and come up and say lovely things and, and comment online. And then, like, a little gap and a gully. And then it picks up around sort of, you know, 40 year olds and older. And I think it's because the young people look at me and go, well, he's old and he's old, he's close to death, but still enjoying himself. And I think the older people are like, hey, he's old and close to death like I am, and he's still enjoying himself. So I think it's nice to kind of present that and uh, and also to be a you know white suburban dude, to be able to come out and say, not everything's a mess, just relax. Everything's mm. okay, just well, do the right thing, be kind, learn, get better, and it, you're not under attack, it's fine.
0: Yeah, who would've thought that being so old and just clinging to
4: life, <laughs> could inspire exactly. so many people. I know. I know. Exactly. That's exactly it. If he can do it, I can do it. That's what people look at me and they say,
0: yeah, Kim's with us this morning and she she says, you have my complete attention. I, I, I'm imposing the <laughs> tone based on what I'm reading. She's got the emojis with all the heart eyes, you know, yeah. the, all the eyes are yeah. hearts. And she says, talk brittle star
4: to me. Uh, oh, wow. What, what, yeah. What does that sound like on the fly? Uh, that sounds, uh, I'm I'm glad there's some virtual distance between us and, uh, I feel protected in my home and, uh, I'll stay here for the day and let just let it all calm down. Are you one
0: of the faces of the future of advertising? I mean, do you think more and more advertisers will be using creative talents like you, uh, to get their message out in ways that are completely non-traditional, so to speak?
4: I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe, I guess so. I mean, I think that one of the things that when I work with brands and and to do like branded content, branded videos, when they are successful, it's because they've kind of just said to me, here, just Mention our brand. Go do your thing, and just mention our brand, because the whole social media thing is built on this very intimate medium, right? Like people are holding your head in their hands, usually when they're like in the bathroom or something, or lying in bed. And don't tell Kim that, because it's gonna just drive her insane. Oh, you're gonna set off the, yeah, it's off the edge. Exactly. Um, I'm just kidding, Kim. It was just a joke. And uh, he's talking directly to you, Kim. No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. But I think it's that authenticity, right? I mean, it's just an overused word, but it's true. It's like such an intimate medium. So I think there's like a trust built up. If I just suddenly come out and say, you know, and try to trick you into buying something, That's not going to work it's and also you know especially for advertising on social media every ad on social media that gets watched has been chosen to be watched it's like a super bowl ad you've chosen to watch that ad my big thing to brands and agencies is like what's the last ad that you shared that's the mentality you have to go into with it so so maybe maybe there'll be more like me hopefully not yet Maybe after I'm dead, that'd well, be good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and 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 hopefully, you know, that's that's at least two or three years away, right? Because, at least, because yeah. you know, I'd hate to see your career interrupted like that. So keep yeah. keep holding on, um, my man. <laughs> uh, M- Michelle is watching and, and she says the you should vote video. Was absolutely mm. hilarious. You know, she loves your quote. That person who cut you off in traffic—they vote. Uh, she absolutely loved that. Uh, you take things that are—I mean, essentially, sort of be the, the most obvious uh, possible person here, but you're, but you're taking things that kind of actually do matter to you, and then finding ways to make them somewhat funny and accessible, but really trying to hammer home things like
4: democratic responsibility. Well yeah i mean i think it goes again to the idea that uh there's this notion that we've been trained to react we've been trained to be like you know upset about things or either super happy or super angry about something and sometimes you can go wait a minute this is just here's i can this is the issue and let's just take a step back take a have a drink of you know have a glass of beer or something and just go okay oh no it's not a really big deal at all we should just do that because that's obvious and evident so i think if i mean i'm, ver- I'm very 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 uh, observant to the obvious is basically that's my that's my superpower
0: hey, you and i have something in common at least exactly. one thing in common which is super exciting for me uh based on the timing of this interview and based on where where we're at right now in the pandemic uh when we were going through your videos we're obviously having a great time as a team um taking a look at them and, and we've all been fans but we wanted to feature one more that that's a, a sort of COVID 19 specific and here it is <laughs>
4: As we all work together to get through these strange and trying times, one issue has become a sticking point. Wearing a mask. For some, wearing a mask isn't a big deal. Some say it's actually a small deal, a temporary inconvenience similar to sitting on your sofa and the cushion is comfortable but not perfect. For others, wearing a mask is a much more serious issue. The following are actual medical reasons you may not be able to wear a face mask. A severe skin condition, such as a severe burn, a severe lung disease, or you're under two years old, in which case, please give mummy her phone back. But what if none of those actual conditions apply to you? What if you maybe can't wear a mask because you suffer from one of the following conditions? Scienceitis, acute wussness, selfish syndrome, chronic dickishness. Pathological ignorance or severe moronness. Don't worry. Now there's a solution. If you suffer from one of those conditions and don't want to wear a mask, just stay home. Seriously, don't go out. Stay the hell away from me. Let the rest of us just get on with it. (laughs) Stay the hell
0: away from me. Did did you always, (laughs) even even as a young guy, did, did you always have a bit of a sarcastic sense of humor?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's been that's sort of like the the currency when I was growing up in my family was it's sarcasm If you, you had to say something with a straight face or you have to sucker punch them by being kind of like, you know I understand how you're feeling. It's because you're not very smart um, and That's sort of like soccer punch from the, the underneath. That's that's the way to do it for sure. Absolutely uh, Daniel's wondering how you came up with the name brittle star It was actually a band name So back in 2004, I was starting. I was was really involved in music, and I, I, my oldest son had a marine life book, and I didn't want to release music under my name, Stuart Reynolds, because who's gonna wear a Stuart Reynolds T-shirt? Nobody. And uh, uh, I was like, oh, well, I need a better name. And so we looked at this marine life book and there was this starfish section. And in the starfish section were these things called brittle stars. And they're like long and spindly and they're the grossest looking of the starfish. No, actually starfish are quite beautiful, but these are the ugly starfish. And uh, they can see through their tentacles and they defecate out of their mouths. And I was like, <laughs> boom, that's the one. So I had all the socials, I had all the domain names. And I was. And then when I started doing Vine, I was like, eh, I'll just stick with it and just go with that. And now I'm stuck with it. Like like the edge or something. Yeah. We're like people. People call me Brit. And it's like, that's not my name. That doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, Stay who on cares? Brand.
0: Kelly wants to know how it feels to have perhaps single handedly resurrected Zellers, the
4: Canadian. Institution. <laughs> what is it with you and Zellers? <laughs> Here's the thing with Zellers. Here's the thing with Zellers. This thing with Zellers is that we didn't know what we had until it was gone. Yeah. We thought Zellers was crap. And when you think back accurately, it really was. However, we were we were we were bamboozled by Target, and Target came in and romanced us. We just swept us off our feet. It was the romance to live for, and then they just left us, and we we'll le- we we left with Walmart. Thanks. You know how hard it is just to buy a shirt now in Stratford. It's impossible. I got Giant Tiger, and I got Walmart, and that's it. No offense to Giant Tiger or Walmart, but come on, you're no Zellers. You yeah. know what I mean? You're no Massimo. Brenda, <laughs> Brenda's reminiscing about the Zeller's restaurant, which for a lot of people was kind of a big <laughs> deal. That was like a community hub, you know. I I did a video. In the video, I did a, a music video and uh, made fun of the food in Zeller's, which always looked terrible to me. And a lot of people apparently loved it. Oh. And I think that says a lot about my demographic. And I can probably ease off a little bit. I can sort of dial it back. So. Yeah.
0: Um, we've we've got a question here about the Brittle Star Morning Show with Mrs. Brill Star. Uh audience member says I love their married vibe and, and I assume she's gotta be biting her tongue half the time for the camera. Can you can you take us into the into the household, into the family dynamic?
4: Sure, yeah. I mean my, my wife Shannon uh had has no interest in being on camera ever and didn't from the get go. Uh but uh going back to two thousand thirteen we got our first big gig with Disney uh they said uh, I said they're hiring us they're gonna pay us money to do this stuff and she's like I'm not doing it I don't want to I don't want to be on camera and I said they're gonna pay us this much money and I showed her and she was like where do you want me to stand and how do what do you want me to say so she's highly motivated by money is what it is and uh, as soon as the money stops you'll find that she's just no longer on camera so
0: well there you go hey I want to read you just just a couple of comments here because I don't care how much of a big deal or how famous you are it's still got (laughs) to Feel pretty good to hear people like Jillian say Brittle Star has been a breath of fresh air and reality Uh, for those of us who don't understand why we're explaining over and over again things that shouldn't need explaining. The coddling has been unreal which I think is a pretty great comment. That's a pretty huge compliment.
4: Ah, It's very sweet. Thank you very much, Julian. I appreciate that. And this one, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you can go ahead. You can go ahead.
0: Joanne says, yeah, sorry, I just have so many compliments for you. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to have to try to sort of work through these. Joanne says, he seriously reminds me of what Seinfeld is all nope. about a show about life in the simplest form that showcases what happens when shit hits the fan with the sense of humor we've all been there. Wow, that's high praise.
4: I wish I had as much money. That'd be nice. Hey, maybe sometime soon, pal. You never know. You never you never know. know. you never know. Pal. That happens to every Canadian, Canadian social media celebrities, gosh, they're always so rich. <laughs>
0: If there's one thing about Canadian social media celebrities. Social <laughs> That's media the thing, celebrity. Uh, oh, that sounds
4: like crazy. a band that could
0: open for Brittle Star. You know? Brittle and it Star. Might, and it's probably just it's, it's going to be me without my glasses because I need all the money. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it could be like Chris Gaines opening for Garth Brooks or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Okay, exactly. What's one thing we can look forward to?
4: What's coming up? Um, what's coming up? I think actually, if I want to direct people to something right now, it'd be ChristmasWishTree.com. It's a site I set up last year. It's back again this year. It's listing all the women's shelters, and not all of them, but a bunch of women's shelters in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. Uh, it lists their Amazon wish list. Amazon sucks. We all know that. However, it makes it super easy for you to be like three eggnogs deep and uh, and help some kid buy a Peppa Pig thing for their Christmas uh, in, if they're staying in a shelter. Um, so it's a super easy way to give. I love drunk charity. I love it. Like that's the best kind of charity. I was going to say, like, you know, you had me at three eggnogs, and and then you Mm -hmm. realize you
0: can do some good aside from just the three eggnogs, and and there you have it. Plus, people are much more
4: generous after three eggnogs, I find. That's that's just what I kind of keep trying to tell charities. It's like, just get people drunk. People are very nice when they're drunk, usually. Yeah, well, yeah, in
0: some circumstances. At least behind, uh, no, actually, I'm digging myself a big hole. I was going to say, at least behind their keyboard. And then I'm realizing, you know, I think about (laughs) a third of the emails we get are people drunk behind their keyboards. And they're actually not always generous and charitable.
4: Yeah. But maybe they have credit cards and they can go buy a toy for someone. That's fine. hundred percent. That's how you channel the yeah. bad into the good. Um, so it, before I go, I got to ask. I mean,
0: we're, we're now joking about haters and, and, and drunks behind the keyboard. And you must have haters. I mean, you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you've got these sort of like scathing but hilarious indictments of the anti-vaxxers <laughs> and the mask hesitant crowds and everybody else. Do you hear from haters?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's always people sort of trying to lob stuff at me. But the thing is on social media is like you don't have to dance with everyone who asks. You know what I mean? That's the thing that drives me nuts about watching people, you know, correspond or communicate or get into a dialogue with people. It's like you're fighting with someone who's got like two followers. and It's like, no, just don't. Like why you wouldn't walk through a bar and if some guy made fun of your shoes, you'd be like, What did you say? Let's talk about this for half an hour. You'd be like, No, whatever, man. I don't need to hear what you're listening to what you're saying. It doesn't matter. We need the real life block.
0: I used to I used to be like, ah, I'm not yes. gonna I'm not gonna
4: block people, but
0: now I'm just like block, block, block. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> block. It doesn't matter at all. Stuart exactly. Reynolds is Brittle Star. If you don't follow him already, you probably do, but you can find him online, Twitter, Instagram, and at brittle It's amazing for us to have you here on the show we're big fans thanks for making time for us
4: thanks so much for having me it was a it was a riot
0: yeah you got it be sure to share his uh, content and of course again you can check out tree.com how cool is that help buy gifts for kids and women that are staying in shelters this christmas I love that. Do we, do we drop back in on the live chat? I was I, I had just, it was just like going, there's, there's a lot of Brittle Star fans to say the very least on this show, which is absolutely awesome. And I'm not surprised. Our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park want to remind you that the November feature Jespo combo of the month is the flamethrower burger. This is as if I need to tell you by now. You, I've been talking to you about the 100% all beef patty and that fiery flamethrower sauce and the, the jalapeno pepper bacon. And, and then, of course, you know all about that warm toasted bun that, that comes with that DQ reputation, the fresh lettuce, the crispy lettuce, and the tomato. I mean, whoo! That flamethrower burger in absolute beauty. And then, you know, you can pair it up with the blizzard of your choice. I've been talking to you about the new sea salt toffee fudge blizzard. That's my personal recommendation. I've strayed away from Smarties after straying away from Smarties for score. Well, now I'm all in on the sea salt toffee fudge blizzard. But why make it just one? Why not treat your coworkers, your neighbors, your family or your friends at the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Numeo, New Newcastle, Westmount and Baseline Road? If you're looking to upgrade your ride this holiday season, maybe you want to put something out on the front driveway or maybe on that back parking pad, put a big red bow on it and surprise a loved one. Maybe it's time to upgrade because your family is growing. Maybe your needs are changing. St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge as you covered. They've got limited time offers right now. You got to check them out. Time sensitive online, including the Ram 1500 and the full Jeep lineup. They've got the new Grand Wagoneer. There's been great anticipation around the Grand Wagoneer. It's that new luxury class entry, re entry, we'll call it, for Jeep, the brand that's been trusted. Since 1941 at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. Our friends at Eden Landscaping invite you to check them out online at landscapeedmonton.ca. This is a great time of year to start ripping out those pages out of those magazines. The ones that show those perfect outdoor spaces. The ones you'd love to recreate. Maybe bring your outdoor space to life. Mike and his team are ready to take your call or field an email. They have Pinterest boards they're reviewing. Their team of designers are putting plans in place now so you can have your perfect space functional and ready for use this spring into next summer. They're family owned. They're locally operating at landscapeedmonton.ca. And our friends at Kubi Energy want to remind you, you can find them online. Yeah, at kubienergy.ca. That's where you can get a free quote right now for solar installation. Maybe you want to go off the grid entirely. I'd like to direct you to their social media. Check this out on their Instagram. Just the other day, at Kubi Energy, posting yet another Kubi CUBE delivered to a satisfied customer. These are essentially C-cans covered in solar panels with battery storage and whatever else you need inside. I mean, the sky's the limit with regards to what they can build. If you can imagine it, KUBI can make it happen. You can get your free code as mentioned, whether it's a residential, commercial, industrial, agricultural installation. KUBI does it all in BC and Alberta at kubienergy.ca. Every week, our friends at Kuby get us started off on the right foot, focusing on the things that really matter. We call it Positive Reflections. We love this email from Serena. It arrived late Sunday night, right after my Real Talk Sunday message had gone out. You can subscribe to that email, by the way, on our website, ryanjesperson.com. Serena wrote in two lines, a belated first anniversary for the show, Jespo. I feel alive listening to real talk every day have a great year too that from serena serena i feel alive reading emails like yours thank you for that positive reflection how about this one from Lori, who says, with all these supply chain problems on the horizon, the residents of Discovery Place in beautiful Devon, Alberta, want to remind consumers that Christmas can come without ribbons. It can come without tags. It can come without packages, boxes, and bags. The Snow Grinch is smiling, says Lori, posting an amazing photo. I don't know who traced that out with their sorels, but very well done. She says, let's put our BC neighbors first. This holiday season What a great reflection from Lori This one from Colleen Who says At Christmas dinner this year As I raise a glass To acknowledge all that I'm grateful for And to remember all the folks Who sadly did not live To see this year out I will also toast the courage And leadership Of people I've seen on Real Talk Like Corblund And High Rivers Mayor Snodgrass Folks in those stories Had lots of chances of turning back But they didn't because they were holding on to something. She's quoting a movie here. Says Frodo in response, what are we holding on to, Sam? Sam replies that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. That from Colleen, I absolutely love it. And we'll wrap with this one from Brinley who sent this in to us this morning, says I'm so proud of my little guy for being so brave the other day and getting his COVID-19 vaccine. It was a scary couple of days for him leading up to the appointment. He had many questions, which, of course, we were happy to answer. But Brindley says, here's my positive reflection. When it came time to get a shot, I was so amazed and impressed by the pharmacy tech who did the deed. There was such a wonderful aura about her. She calmed our son right down and everything was done before we knew it. A short while later, he commented to me about how it didn't even hurt. That had been his biggest concern. Brindley says, I know we're so eager to see this period of time officially become history. And of course, vaccines are a huge step in that direction. The other day, I saw a light at the end of our tunnel and it wasn't an oncoming train. Major respect and my most sincere gratitude to the thousands of people across this country and around the world working so diligently to get us there brinley so very well said coming up tomorrow on the show we're going to take a look at what went down in barbados this morning what does it actually mean to essentially lose the queen as head of state we'll get analysis on that plus we're going to bring you our interview our sit down with the amazing rick mercer and what do you need to keep in mind as you're posting photos of your family in particular your kids online We're going to talk to an Athabasca University professor and a professional photographer who have made it their life's work to make sure we're keeping in mind all the online safety tools we need. That plus news of the day and the analysis you trust right here on Real Talk. Make it a great Tuesday, friends. We'll see you again soon.
1: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, editorial producer Sarah Hoyles, Technical producer Sam Brooks. Managing director Josh Dunford. Account coordinator Tanya Franklin. Merchandise operations Katie Cook Chivers. Website design Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Julie Rohr, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, and Nakota Sioux, home to Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is the flagship property of Relay Communications Group, Incorporated. all rights reserved. For more, check out ryanjesperson.com.